0: Right, today we're doing Mark chapter 5, and like I said, that Jeff Benny is normally the lead teacher in here. He is out of town this week and next. He's in Malawi uh, doing medical mission work. And so I'm Andy Gann. I'm getting to um, help co-teach it with him, so I'm happy to be here with you today. Uh, we're going to do Mark chapter 5 today, and if you would, before we get started, we're going to back up and we're gonna do the very, very last part of Mark chapter four um, together. Because I feel like Mark 4, 35 and following go kind of similar in, in the it's all meant to the whole book really is meant to be read together. But these stories are are showing us different pictures and snapshots of Jesus and things that he does that are amazing, that are that are Mind-blowing to the people of this day and time. For us, maybe it's like, "Oh yeah, he did this. I've read this so many times." But these things, these snapshots, over and over and over, show Jesus's uh, dominion over and power over these different things. So, I'm going to back up and read Mark 4 and verse 35 and following, uh, just to make one quick little point. So, Mark 4, verse 35, is where we're starting. On that day. When evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up. And they said to him, teacher... Do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and he rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So, we see Jesus here first, um, stepping up and um, calming the sea, calming the wind and the waves. what, what, is, what does this teach you about Jesus' power? Like, what is he? What can he do here? What is he, What is Mark using this to demonstrate? What does what Jesus? What does he do? And what? Is, what is this showing his power over? Nature. Over nature, right? Over nature. So, why is that surprising? I right, this is not hard. I'm not really trying to trick. ask a quick trick question or anything. Why? Why is that? Why is this act so surprising to them?
1: It's kind of hard to, think. You to like fake. You can't fake it, that, it,
0: right? It yeah.
2: Um, Bring a sitting person and have the magazine.
0: Uh huh. But I can't bring a storm and make it act like a storm. Absolutely. So I mean, this is this is something that is just showing his. But nature, but what kind of nature? Where where is this happening at? The sea, the sea Sea of Galilee. Now we've talked about that a little bit. Why is why is something the sea? Y'all remember why is the sea? Of interest to them, yeah, absolutely. The source of fear and a source of evil, right? So there's this, this in the mythology and the mindset of the day that the the depths uh, of, of you know of evil could be seen in the sea and in water. And this kind of contrast between chaos and creation of you know order and chaos. So people would go out into the ocean. And not come back oftentimes because of these storms. Now, that you even, I don't know if that would happen on the Sea of Galilee, but maybe the Mediterranean Sea would be you know, a lot of fear there. But this, just this idea of, of not being able to know how deep this thing is either, you know, and not just, there's a lot of fear, and um, I don't know if it's the right word is superstition or not, but of, of just of this evil in the sea. Well,
3: most fishermen, see, got like, never went out in the middle of the Yeah, front. that's right. They were always right around within sight of land. So Jesus says, "Go to the other side." <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Now, are you sure mm-hmm. you've got this right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the geography of the land, there's a gap right there, and the wind comes straight off the Mediterranean. Whooshes right through that valley right mm-hmm. through there. It was
0: all so the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it sweeps right across that section right there, and uh, it perfectly cleared out. Yeah. So you could whip uh, a storm could whip up very quickly, and and they they wouldn't. That, you know, fishing at night, I think, was a thing. They would do that, right? But because uh, in one of the other stories, they had been fishing all night, and then they came back in, and uh, but like you said. I don't think they would go out to the middle of the lake. They'd always try to stay, stay within eyesight of the the shore, you know. So this this is uh, Jesus says, okay, we're going across the other side, which is leading us into our next story. Um, they're going to a, a different area, you know, and this, you know, very scary event happens to put it as simply as possible, and then Jesus demonstrates his power. Over, over this, over nature. He says peace, calm, you know, hush, basically, to this. And it, and it calms.
4: Yeah. Is it worth noting that the disciples don't get really scared until after the storm is calm? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. Because it doesn't say anything about them. I mean, obviously they're concerned. Yes. But they wake him. But he's asleep. So they can see that he's not concerned. Right. And the language that they use is "Don't you care that we?" Gra-? I mean, it's it's more annoyed language. Right. But it's not. But it's it's only after he calms them down that it says they're terrified. Right. So it's like once they're safe, that's when they get really scared.
0: Yeah, because they don't they don't know what they what kind of person they're dealing with, it. and, and they've never seen this side of Jesus before. This this much power. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Gragi Jesus is a else. That's right. So they've crossed over to the other side, and that leads us to Mark chapter 5 here. Mark 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man ran out of the tombs with an unclean spirit and met him. He lived among the tombs and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he broke in pieces. And no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran And bowed down before him, and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of this, the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside a great herd of swine was feeding. And the unclean spirits begged him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine and the herd. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea. And were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see it, see what uh, it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed in his right mind, the very man who had been who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And... He went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Right. So, put yourself in this position. The first thing you get, you know, they get out of the boat, and what do you see? A naked, crazy dude dude running at them. You know, a naked, like maybe ripped, crazy dude. Maybe like somehow he's very strong. Okay, um, I don't know what to do with this fact that he had a demon possessed inside of him that made him very strong. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know what box to put that in in my mind. Okay, and I wish I had. I mean, I just have to take it for what it says and say like that's what was going on. You know, that within within their worldview, this this was an evil spirit you know that was living inside this guy. Now I've heard people say well maybe it was some sort of, you know, they try to talk about demons as being, you know, psychological things perhaps. I can't I can't speak to that. I don't know. But this this text is showing us that this is there's an evil spirit who is very powerful in so much that it gives him power to break chains. And the the demon lists himself his name as what? legion okay what is legion <coughs> many and and where does that term come from
3: roman.
0: yeah romans right roman what you know the army, the army military it's like a it's a, a type of regiment like a a grouping of soldiers we are many <coughs> um so what is this guy what does this guy do what is his first reactions here the D- different ones i'm not well, he, acknowledges that Jesus is he acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God. Brings himself to Jesus. He brings himself to Jesus. He runs to him. How does he know he's there? I wonder. That's the awkward part. <clears throat> like, is he like is is that some sort of spiritual awareness? He saw him. Huh? He saw it says he saw him. Okay, maybe so. The demon,
2: if he, recognized,
0: he stepped he out of the, the demon boat demon. and immediately, you know, uh, the man out, out of the tombs met him. Yeah, I mean, so maybe yeah, maybe you just saw him. But <clears throat> he he comes from some sort of distance. So, what are what are some uh, All right. Well, we're we're, we're in we're, we're not in Kansas anymore, right? We're we're out of the, the normal Jewish territory. He's crossed over the, side, the Sea of Galilee to a, a gentile place. Okay? One of the reasons we know it's a Gentile place is because there's a herd of swine. swine, pigs. Okay. Also, I mean, like later on, it talks about he's going, he's being sent to the Decapolis, and his ten cities, and so that we just know that this is a, a Gentile area. Um, so, this idea of, of being clean and unclean is really important in a Jewish mindset, right? Now, don't equate like unclean as sinful necessarily and clean is not sinful but clean and unclean if you're unclean you would not as a priest if you're if you did something that made you unclean you could not go and perform the priestly duties in the temple you had to be clean in order to be in this in order to approach God's presence okay to, to be in in, in uh, as a as a way to get into this uh, You know holiness of God. Okay, I've heard it described. This isn't a perfect example, but it's it is an example that maybe you can think of God's holiness as like the sun. Okay, the sun. So if this the sun is very helpful to us, all right, it's very important, but it's also very powerful, and you can't get close to it uh, without you know certain you know special things, right? Uh, So. this this idea of being able to be clean is is being able to be in this right relationship to be able to get close enough to this holy, holy thing, which is God's presence. So, um, like, for instance, you could be be unclean and not be in a sinful position. Like, uh, later on, like in the story, um, when women have their monthly flow of blood, they're considered unclean. Um, When, uh, you know, when someone dies... And you have to perform the burial rites. You have to touch the body Well, you're there. Could be considered unclean. They haven't done anything wrong. They're not sinful. And the way that those unclean things would be dealt with is there'd be purification washings, and then, or a certain amount of time it would elapse, and they're good. They're clean once more. Okay. But here, the interesting thing is, is that Jesus is entering into these situations that are made like neon sign flashing unclean unclean and we'll see that in this, the, the next stories too so it's a it's a cemetery it's a place of, of dead bodies all you know all around and so like the, 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 that's just a, a hint towards this is an unclean you know unclean area this is a Gentile man okay and he's he's, he's, he's naked <laughs> and of course, there's an unclean spirit. The obvious one, right? Oh, and the, and the pigs as well. Pigs are unclean because they are not kosher food. So unclean, unclean, unclean. Like, not... But it's it's God's presence here that ch- instead... Jesus' presence instead... Like, we see this over and over and over in all the Gospels, is that His presence changes the thing. It, it, and the, instead of Him entering into this situation and Him becoming unclean, He... Makes the things clean. He, he, he takes the, the unclean things and he makes them right again. He makes them. Pure. He does that with the
4: lepers. Well,
0: yes. Leprosy,
4: which you do not touch. You don't he touch lepers. lepers. Absolutely. He touches. He touches them. heals the man with leprosy. Absolutely. But he just, everything that he did
3: was focused on helping someone else. What else? it's a little confusing to me when the man walks or comes up to Jesus and says, are you here to torture me? Hmm. But it's not talking about, I I mean, it sounds like it's the man, but we know that it's Hmm. actually the demons who are talking, but they are privy to information that humans generally are not privy to. Hmm. They don't need faith. Right. They have knowledge of who Jesus is and his power without faith at all. Mm-hmm. They know right. who he is. And uh, it's interesting to me. And then I couldn't help but wonder about the guy on the pigs.
0: Right. <laughs> all those swine herds, they, they're like 2,000 pigs. That had to be a substantial loss. Like, be able to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you
3: know, um,. Back to this whole idea of clean and unclean and isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at this and I've studied this, and I've, I've I've been this person. I've I've been this person. I've been an isolated person. You know, and, and when you talk about um, whether, whether it's addiction or mental health or whatever, you know, what was he was he isolated? first hmm. and then the demons came in. Right. I mean this guy can't be around people. I mean he's I see depression in this sure. I see mental health issues in this. I mean it's an extreme example. Um but it's it's amazing to me the process that he goes through to get well hmm. and um, it's it's just a picture of a complete turnaround. Yes. You know, where he's in his, his right mind again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the thing that that gets me that when you look at people in the depths of despair and depression, and they're isolated. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with anything. That's the first thing, you know. Mm-hmm. We have soldiers that we deal with PTSD. <coughs> yes. It's, they, they don't have a bond. Mm. Uh, they don't have normal bonds right with other human beings this is this guy yes he cannot be around other people he can't stand other people other people try to help him and mm-hmm. he's violent toward them. right yes uh, the medical field i've seen this
0: yeah i i appreciate how you're making that able for us to grab a hold of and make that applicable fuss today thank you for that thank you. Also, another thing to look at
2: too is <coughs> look at how Jesus walked into a region he's not for he's formerly not been in. He's bringing these other guys who probably don't go over here very often. And as soon as he gets in there, he immediately disrupts the <coughs> stasis of that community. <laughs> he also disrupts the economic pieces of that community, yeah. Um, and probably even the belief system too, because they have been residing, let this dude stay out in his graveyard and he belonged. now. With Jesus removing legion, he's now fit to be reconciled to community. But no, he doesn't want to go back to that community. Mm
0: -hmm. He immediately
2: wants to leave with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But Jesus tells him,
0: no,
2: (coughs) go back to your freedom. In other words, your testimony is needed here, not with me. You know, it's kind of interesting how sometimes in situations where we have people, maybe in our families, maybe in our church families, and we become addicted to whatever they may have, their condition or their mm. situation. We may have become addicted addicted to acting a certain way mm. towards this person. You know, like, I'm not sure if anybody's ever had a drug addict in their family. I know I have. And it seemed like at a certain point in time, we became addicted <laughs> to hiding our pills when they came to the house. Mm. But when they had stopped doing those things, we didn't know how to act well those types of situations, because like, yeah. this one kind of parallels that. Right. And, and to piggyback off what he's saying, I, I
0: believe he brought it right to the front porch. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, so there's this part where um, in verse uh, uh, verse 17, you know, so that they had they reported, verse 16, those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac, into the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood, and as they were getting into the boat, the man who had uh, been possessed by demons begged him that he might go with him. And Jesus, you know, says, "No, you have to go back." He's he's perhaps the first Gentile missionary, you know, if you will, like even before Paul, you know, <laughs> who is commissioned as one sent, you know, to to go and spread the word. And this is different than than all the other people in Mark, right? Like. The messianic secret of you know don't don't go and tell who I am yet, don't go and stir up all this with the Romans yet. But here in this region, who they're they're not necessarily Jewish people, and they're not you know I mean he he says he acts differently. He says go no go and tell. Uh, The other thing I wanted to point out that I found earlier is uh, so in verse 15. So they came to Jesus and they saw the demoniac sitting there clothed in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid, the people who saw him. And they, here it says clothed in his right mind. This is the NRSV. Who has other versions? What, what else does it say? Someone have the NIV or what, what else? Clothed in his right mind, that phrase. Dressed, Dressed, and, Dressed in, his right mind. in his right mind, same thing. Completely sane. Completely sane. Yeah, completely sane. This is an interesting phrase. <coughs> anyone else have something, something else? Dressed and completely sane in his, right and and, in his right mind. And in his right mind. One of the things that I saw in N.T. Wright, he did one, uh, this is his own personal translation of it, but he said, and completely sober. <coughs> you know, so I, I liked how that... Uh, so this, this idea that something about his, his demeanor here was, was noticeably different, obviously. He's clothed. You know, that's one thing. But then his... Th- I think that phrase is interesting. It's like something is really... He is completely sane, in his right mind, completely sober. He is, you know, he's I re- think restored. Think he he's not under the influence, influence of something of something foreign, yeah. Yeah? One thing I've noticed, going from the end of
5: chapter 4 into this story right here, um, just the, the way it parallels, like... On the great storm in nature. Yes. On the, <laughs> the great storm in this man. Yes. And he sees completely sober where there's the complete calm in the sea. And in both instances, it was the great calm, there was this chaos, and calm and fear And mm-hmm. the people. Because as long as he was feeding them and healing their sick, <clears throat> like their physical ailments, people were cool with Yeah. But then when he starts exercising his power beyond, the sickness and feeding the hungry you know when you move beyond the physical needs when people started okay who is this what's really going on absolutely you know and um and then another thing that really stepped really is, is continuing to turn with me is how when the demons recognized him and they came to him mm-hmm. so sitting here thinking wouldn't i want to Away from him because they know his power. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they know his power enough that he's
0: gonna do something
5: with us anyway, let's negotiate. Yeah. Right. Let's see if we can have some kind of say in what's gonna right. happen to us. And the fact that he even does negotiate with them You
0: know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think interesting too, like where do the where does the evil end up going? It ultimately ends up going back into the sea. Through the those sea, yeah. They go they, they they end up running off in back into the sea, back into this ca- place of chaos, exactly. You know, and also this concept of legion is definitely, I think, some sort of <coughs> note about what what is an evil power in, in our day. Rome, uh, to to the Jewish people, an evil that they were they were very much view Rome as an evil entity that has taken over their land, that is, that is not pleased. So there's something going on there, perhaps with the name. Of that, that to, to these to the readers who have been Jewish um, I don't I don't know exactly to what extent but the, but the, I think I've heard I've read that this in a commentary that that they that the Jewish readers would like nothing more than to see Rome driven back into the sea you know and there's this illusion of of a legion of Rome and of, of uncleanness being driven away from the promised land here but although they're not in you know gent- that's speculation too that's something I read from someone else so uh, but I, I do like that you see this—the evil ends up going and being rushed back into the sea. So in this story, as a—I hesitate to put it—but I want to put uh, demons or you know powers, uh, just evil, I guess. Jesus uh, <coughs> power over so far nature. Demons and evils. All right, let's, let's move on. Um, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Amy, yeah. I just want to make a comment real quick. I noticed, I've not seen it yet, but I have noticed that there is actually a
1: new series on television mm. called Evil. Okay. And the entire, this is my take on it, because like I said, I haven't seen it. The old take on this script, this new series, is demonic possession mm. and how. This guy, this priest, priest interviews priest. the folks to, to determine whether or not they are a candidate right. for exorcism. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting that that has become
0: a TV show. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's this, let's just be honest, there's this real skeptical side of me that it's like, ah, it's just kind of... Then there's this other side of me who, and that, that is the uh, really conservative Church of Christ upbringing, uh, rational Southern American perspective that I have. My like, God's ah, it's probably suspect. Then perhaps a more well-rounded effort on my to to see the world as a spiritual place. Like I have heard missionaries talk about demon possession. Men who I trust. Women who I trust, and they believe this has happened, and they've seen it, and so like I, I'm gonna trust. I just trust that there's a larger spiritual warf- warfare out there that I don't know that's going on. I do not have the corner on the market on, on knowing what is going on here. And I think for me, when I thought I did and was super skeptical of everything, I think that's not as healthy a position. Um, yeah, what do you got? I've actually watched the TV show, yeah. she's great, it's about that in San Jose, and it's
2: funny that she mentioned that because, you know what you just said, when I did missionary work in Romania, um, Dr. Morgan had taught us a lesson about uh, what he had believed about demonic possession that's not happening now or whatnot, Well, then one of my students came to me and another person was over there working, and they were like, hey, there's an Orthodox Church over here, or Romanian Orthodox and they were actually performing an exorcism. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey,
0: I want to go see this, <laughs> you know?
2: Okay. And Dr. Morgan oh no, like, uh, no, no, y'all don't even go there. I'm like, but Doc, you just told me you don't have any more, so I want to see what they're acting on since mm-hmm. it's not real. No, we're not going over there. I'm like, okay. But it, it's interesting that in other other places in the world, people are still exercising. <clears throat>
1: And what's, what's really sad is that it's easier for the population to believe in demon possession than to believe in the Holy Spirit possession.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That well, seems to be um, something that people don't disregard. We get them will buy into demon
0: possession. And it's so sad. <laughs> it I I read some book by a, a sociologist, <coughs> not remember the name of it, but like that so doesn't help as much. Um, it's a sociologist out of Baylor named Rodney Stark. I can't remember the title of this book. It's something about faith in the world, and that what he was just he was just going about, talking about how that our culture has not moved away from a a moved into this ultimate modern worldview that was predicted. Modern worldview meaning that everything can be explained by scientific <coughs> methods, you know, and scientific like rationale because the. If, if you do just a study of what people actually believe in the world there's a whole lot of belief in spiritual things I'm not talking about necessarily Christianity per, per se but I'm taking upon like like pixies and, and like and like leprechauns and uh, like and uh, demons and magic rocks, magic rocks and <laughs> crystals and and but like like this th- these things are not like the, this the concept of spiritual... Forces are are not going away. This does not prove them. This is not a correlation of, you know, correlation does not mean causation, right? This doesn't mean like these things are real. But but this idea that even in our very modern-minded society, people have supernatural beliefs. Uh, there's they're not the evidence is that they're not necessarily going away. Now in in certain you can't you can't make these blanket statements, right? Certain people have obviously given those up completely. But I just want to say that for me, in my faith journey, I default to, unfortunately, a non spiritual view of things because that's kind of how I was raised. You know, the Church of Christ that I grew up in was the Holy Spirit is the Bible, and that's it. You know? And I'm i I'm, I'm continually fighting to get out of that and to view the world in a more spiritual view of of the holy spirit dwelling inside of me god being present every day and and then so that also leaves room for evil right regardless of what we think apparently jesus knows the most effective witness or missionary
3: is someone has come out of whatever condition. yeah, to yeah. Being able to testify. and it's a process you know that jesus slays out. i mean this the, jesus answered both when he says you better not leave the house empty Okay. Yeah. You know, when you clean the house of the spirits, mm-hmm. you better not leave it empty, because you yeah, know multiple demons will something come Something will fill it. Yes. So I mean, it's a process. I mean, this is not this is not be- the end of this guy's
0: job. Right. To begin, I mean, it's. And I I think he's it's a process there's to something do, here too that to devotionally well. that I can take too. Another point is that this guy was told to stay where you are. Rather than to be sent to somewhere else. And what's that life going to so, look like for him? So yeah, I mean now and like but so what does that mean for me? Is sometimes Jesus to some people says rather than go somewhere else, I want you to stay where you are. You know, like like what what good can you do in your life right where you are in a location? Maybe maybe you don't. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't tell other people for sure to go and be sent, but. Uh. One thing I
1: wanted
5: what? to mention was. I I don't think we can understand the fear Mm -hmm. that they had. Mm -hmm. But really, when we realize it, we're talking about resurrection power Mm -hmm. in the life of this man. He wasn't physically dead, but he was as good as dead Mm -hmm. and completely brought to new life. So that's that's pretty... um, overwhelming to think about
0: that kind of power. So you're, you're speaking to the fear of the people who see this power showing up in this man's life. Yeah.
5: And you couple that with the um, economic fear
0: mm-hmm.
5: because there went thousands of dollars worth right. of pigs. Yeah. And he, the man had, I mean, everybody knew he had already invested thousands of dollars raising those pigs. Mm-hmm. And there they go. Right. They're gone because you know, I think it's interesting that people talk about the healing of the demon-possessed man, when they're telling yeah. people about it, dash, and told about the pigs as yeah. well. Yeah. And it's kind of a big deal. They
0: definitely... I think you're not... You're not, you're not
3: Jesus I'm, didn't... The funny thing is, Jesus didn't tell the pigs. Hey, they didn't tell the demons to go the pigs. The demons asked to go and feed. Yeah, they, they, were, they were allowed Jesus, to go. Yeah. But it's like, okay,
1: you want to go and the
0: pigs? Fine. He didn't do it. Yeah. You don't think they expected to be killed, the demons? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that was their negotiation, but they didn't expect to be killed. They didn't know the pigs would run off into the sea. And, I don't know. It <coughs> wasn't yeah. Jesus' fault. So I wonder what you're, what you're saying here, too. Uh, you know... These were, this was a swine, uh, this is total speculation on my part, what I'm about to say, I don't know if this is true, so I'm you talking know, but like, what, what about, this is swine herds, 2,000 pigs, I think that maybe was representation of like the community's pigs, I'm just guessing, you know, like, this is a big flock of pigs, flock, I don't know, but <laughs> herd, herd of pigs, a lot of bacon, a lot of bacon. So like a big group, but like, I wonder if I suspect this was like not one one homeowner's pigs, but like the community's pigs are kind of being taken care of together, perhaps. And then that that is why maybe they're upset about their you know that loss. But so so what does that say about them? About what are they willing to give up about their uh, their economic stability, their livelihood, as opposed to like gaining one person back into their community? You know how how was what what was the community's heart in this? Were they more upset about the pigs and more than lost than the re- rejoining someone to their community? I don't, I'm I'm going off the rails here a little bit of speculation, but uh, but I, yeah, I think it's a good point you have that they they are upset about their their economic loss as well and scared. And scared yeah, because this is this is not things. normal. We had we had dealt with this situation. It was. At a status quo, you know, and then they got turned upside down. Really? Yeah.
1: And this happened so quickly. They were in the middle of the sea gallery and then they got to the other side. So it was a bam, bam occurrence.
0: Oh yeah, but both of these stories back yes. to back. Well, that's why. And these next one, these stories, these four stories here, are kind of like in the same couple three days. It's like bam, bam, bam. These things happen. Um, so let's let's see how far we can get in this no. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. Um, the next story leads into this story, and uh, so read that. Just to finish that off. Yeah.
4: In Matthew it reads. Then um, the pigs ran off and went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed ministry. Then a whole town went out to meet Jesus, mm-hmm. and when they
3: saw him, they pleaded with him to leave the region. Them. They didn't want him.
0: Right.
3: Yeah. So, what is that,
0: What What do we do with that in our lives? Like, what do, as a as a community, what are we willing to give up to have one person restored to us? Well, I
4: mean, we can we can make an analogy okay. for that. So, let's say live in Brentwood, um, cut your property values in half, mm-hmm. and a known pedophile shows up in church, well dressed acting normally everything seems okay so what i mean how how, how right cuz you cuz you've got you've got a guy that's been driven out of the community mm-hmm. they've been they've been trying to chain this guy to the ground right to control him. out in the graveyard that's not working. yeah they they he's, he's out of the community they can't even chain him to the ground anymore I mean, yep. this is this is a danger you know take take your favorite horror movie villain Right. So which I mean about about as bad as you know you yeah. can come up with on a moment's notice is a serial yeah. a serial pedophile. Sure. I mean think about I mean think about what that would do.
1: Can you trust him? Can you now trust him? Yes, you know, if That's if you
4: walk if you walk into second service <laughs> and somebody that you know has done those things is sitting up there on the front row, right. You know, and you know he's going to stay here, <laughs> and you know that when that happens, the property value for a hundred yards
0: is going to plummet. <laughs> financial. That's, so you're you're using that yeah, to bring so in the that's, financial that's, that's, that's your side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just 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 kind of kind of <laughs> sit with how long you stay at this congregation, <laughs> yeah Somebody right. that you know has that kind of history is sitting on the front row. Well,
5: it's kind of real. As a realtor.
4: <laughs> oh. There are
5: registered sex <laughs> offenders. Sounds, yeah, that's, you can look at the map. Yeah. With exactly where they live, and does it bring the property value down? Yes, yeah, it does. So that, yeah, that's
4: that's that's why it I use that. Can you help
5: it if some a uh, registered sex offender moves next door to you? No. Do you want to get out pretty quick before people know it's going on? So. You
2: know, and do you reveal it to the person you sell the home to? You, to? you have to. Okay, good. Because in the
0: months I'm on family, I need to know. <laughs> 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 well, I appreciate how you can take the stories and you can read your life into them. And these stories are all very, you know, very much life-giving. And if you can see yourself in these stories and see how they speak to you, then then we can all, you know, live, live that out and, and try to... Come up with your own experiment for this week. Okay, so now if I'm going to view, how how do I view someone immediately? You know, how, how would Jesus view them? And, and just try to try to take these things just like you are, obviously the way you engage to to make them make them real and make them you know live Jesus, them out.
1: Jesus can redeem anyone. Absolutely.
0: So Jesus can redeem anyone. Jesus has crazy power over nature and over situations that we don't think he should have power over. God and and he has power over. Evil and demons and principalities and all these things. So um, just go and see how you can live that out in, the, in your life this week. I wish, we, you know, um, so this is the part, part where you take that and apply it into your own life. So thank you for being here.